HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. Corin is proud of their Japanese culture and traditions, but they want you to know that their products are not just for Japanese restaurants. Their knives and tableware bring out the best qualities of food from every culture and fit into every restaurant from French to Pan-Asian to American. And that is why they're located in New York City, where people from every country in the world come to eat. Corin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and their rarest natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Corin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com. Help the people who help Oaxaca. Since 2009, Seconda has been supporting Oaxaca's underserved communities. Almost 5,000 people annually see their lives improved by this Mexican NGO. They've built and stocked six green libraries and four rain harvest hygiene stations, benefiting around 800 children and youth. And they've provided training and business coaching for over 120 female entrepreneurs. And much of that work has been done with the recycler communities that have grown around the garbage dump sites in Zachila. All of that, really, is just the tip of an ever-growing iceberg. They've also supported legislation and implemented localized trainings designed to prevent sexual violence against girls and youth, eliminate child labor, forced labor, and violations of labor rights in Mexico's sugarcane and coffee sectors, and address the causes of gender inequality. And their small staff has done all of this without ever having offices of their own. For the past 13 years, Seconda has been hosted within the premises of a local bakery, a very kind gift from a very good corporation. But Seconda now needs their own home. They've acquired a plot of land and found an architectural firm, Sands Pond Architectura, willing to donate their time to develop plans. Now we need to raise the money to make those plans a reality. 
The cost of these new offices is around $100,000 U.S. They've received a matching grant from 818 Tequila that will cover half of that if we can raise the other $50,000. Seconda has done so much to help so many. We're asking you now to help Seconda. Help them build offices that will enable them to continue their existing work and to expand their programs that make Mexico more just and equitable. Make your fully tax-deductible contributions for Seconda at buildoaxaca.com. That's buildoaxaca.com. And thanks. I am Chava Perivan. And I am Ryan Acock, the Cocktail MD. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critique acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gex bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, rural Mexico, and hydration. <laughs> so I, I think we have had, like, I don't know why we have never talked about this. A, because we're always in rural Mexico where it's really hot and our heads are spinning and we're feeling all kinds of things. And I really think that a lot of challenges that's just because we don't drink enough water. Uh, and because by we, we drink- you mean you. Yeah, I don't drink enough water. And we start drinking like it's 7 a.m. So I think it's just the most terrible combination of 12 hours in the highway, drinking booze in the morning and not having enough water. But this is why I really wanted Ryan to be in this episode. He was kind enough to send us a whole selection of uh, articles prior to this episode. Lou told me not to read them because I want, uh, he didn't want me to sound like I knew it all. But I did anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so to start, Ryan, like the, the big question I've always had about hydration is for drinking agave spirits, they tend to be around 50% alcohol, which means they tend to be around 50% water. Does that constitute hydration? Yeah. So we had that, that uh, hangover talk a few months ago where we... We discussed even drinking water has minimal effect on your hangover. So you're not going to be particularly pleased by everything that I have to say here about agave <laughs> spirits and, and getting hydration from them. Have we ever been pleased what you had to tell to us, right? Probably not. I don't know why you guys keep inviting me on here because it's always bad news when I'm here. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to podcasts. Cholera. E. coli. Cardiovascular disease, salmonella, substance abuse. It's the Horror Ryan Show. Air pollution, blindness, cancer, diabetes, cerebrovascular accident, anemia, bird flu, dysentery, drugs, aging, leprosy, breastfeeding, rabies, cloning, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, diarrhea. Wait a minute. The call, it's coming from inside the bar. It's the Horror Ryan Show. Yeah, baby, I'm here to burst all your bubbles. Pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> We're mad.
masochist, Ryan. We're masochists. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but okay, so let, let's go on straight to the bad news. <laughs> yeah, so y- you guys probably realize if you drink a lot one night, you're, you're going to be peeing a lot. And so the question is, well, I've got water in this alcohol that's mixed with this alcohol. Isn't, aren't I getting some kind of benefit? And really, probably not. So we've known experimentally from the 1990s that if you give people increasing amounts of whiskey, they will start peeing more as the night goes on. And I can't believe some of the studies that get through places like Australia and, and Europe that would <laughs> never be approved here in the United States. But yeah, that is a that is a real thing that some researchers did is giving increasing amounts of whiskey to, to volunteers and seeing how much more they urinate depending on how much more they drank. So well, yes, well, hang, hang, yeah. Well, hang on a second, Ryan. So let oh, me just make right. sure I understand what you're saying here. So, are you saying if you are urinating, you are or are not hydrated? You you are not hydrated because you're going to pee out more than you're going to drink in. So what? so okay. So if let's because you know I I tend to stop drinking water. This is probably too much information, but I tend to stop drinking water about four o'clock most days so that I don't wake up at two three in the morning and pee. Right. So that and that's just drinking water. So what does that say? Yeah. So what you're probably thinking of, is, and in this we see in a lot of older people, and Lou, I'd count you among <laughs> that. But, I really love this. <laughs> of waking up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom. And that's just something that happens to all of us as we get older. You but, are old, Lou. Old, old man. Yeah, and you hope to someday be old yourself, Java. Go (laughs) ahead, Ryan. (laughs) Right. So, but you're asking about can I can I dehydrate myself enough that I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom? And if you start adding on alcohol on top of that, you're going to start producing more urine. The reason for that is because your body works, your kidneys work to make urine. That's their, their steady state. That's all they want to do is make urine. And so you need something called antidiuretic hormone to tell the kidneys, stop making so much urine. Well, ethanol is an antidiuretic hormone inhibitor. So it tells the kidneys, go back to making lots of urine. And so that is why if you drink particularly higher proof spirits, you're going to keep peeing. And yes, you can drink water to try to chase after that, but you're going to keep peeing. Uh-huh. So, so okay, so then that whole concept of drink a glass of water between every spirit that you drink doesn't actually do anything. Well, so it does something. So we talked about in the hangover episode, like maybe water might be somewhat beneficial at helping a hangover, sure. And, and your kidneys aren't going to take every drop of water that you drink and turn it into urine. So you're still going to get some benefit from that. But on a whole, don't expect to drink whiskey or mezcal and expect that you can just be hydrated because there is already water added into that product. But but, but something that you were mentioning, Ryan, and I also did see a little bit of that in the articles, is that there is such a thing as a hydration index yes. per kind of, of, of drink. And I think that it's tremendously fascinating because, as you are saying, there is a correlation between the ABB or the percentage of alcohol in what you're drinking and how much is it going to tell your kidneys to, hey, go make some pee. So uh, wh- wh- how does that work? Yeah, so there is something called the hydration index, like you mentioned. And this was it essentially was just thought up by some researchers who later tested 72 men and gave them a one liter beverage. And they tested everything. So they, they tested regular still water, sparkling water, Coca-Cola, Diet Coke, Powerade, oral rehydration solution from the World Health Organization, orange juice, 
beer, coffee, hot tea, cold tea, whole milk. Are you doing this off the top of your head or are you looking at a list, Ryan? Oh, there's a list here because there's no way I'd remember like all these things that these guys had to go through. And so the way the beverage hydration index works... Yeah. Oh, hang on, hang hang on a second, Ryan, and then we'll get right back to it. Um, uh, Roy, if you can turn a wrap uh, into what Ryan just did, that would be ideal. Yeah, so they tested regular still water, sparkling water, Coca-Cola, Diet Coke, Powerade, Powerade, and they tested everything. Diet Powerade. Are you doing this off the top of your head? Later tested oral, oral rehydration solution from the World Health Organization. Don't expect to drink. 72 men and gave them a one liter beverage, waking up in the middle of the night and having to go to the bathroom. I kind of thought so. We're masochists, Ryan. We're masochists. Well, hang on a second, Ryan. Let me just make sure I understand what you're saying here. You've got orange juice, beer, coffee. You are not hydrated. Hot tea, cold tea, whole milk. You're going to keep in. Diet Coke. Don't expect to drink Powerade. You're going to keep in. Doesn't actually do anything. Yeah, so can I dehydrate myself enough? You're going to keep in. Can I dehydrate myself enough? You're going to keep in. Can I dehydrate myself enough? Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Right. So you've got all these different beverages. And what these researchers did was measured urine output and tried to correlate that to if I drink a liter, how much urine comes out over the next four hours. And if I the more urine I make, the poorer my hydration index is and the less urine I make, I must be therefore more hydrated. And what these researchers concluded is that milk, whether it be whole milk or skim milk, is better than just about everything else out there, including... (laughs) Yep, including the Powerade. And the, and Whoa. As you, yeah. Wait, it, it, it also including water? So water is, is listed as a hydration index of one. So that's the, the baseline is one. And as you go higher, you're better hydrated. And so that's going to be whole milk or skim milk. And that is better than water. <laughs> Whoa, that's mind-blowing. Okay, keep going. I'm digging this. Yeah, and then, of course, the, the poor performers, what you would think, it's beer and coffee. So drinking beer or coffee to try to get hydrated are, are pretty terrible ideas. <laughs> oh, now, you're it, breaking but, my but heart. Coffee, but, co- but coffee, sorry, Java. Like yeah, this, sorry. This is, the, this is one of the key points I'm trying to figure out. Coffee's like, you know, 99% water, 1% Coffee. Yeah, it's less than one percent. It's ninety nine point eight. Yeah. Like so, what? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So, let's take a trip all the way back to high school when you took biology and think about the molecule. You don't remember that, Lou? You're shaking your head. <laughs> no, that's too far a trip for me to take. I'll I'll drive uh, Mexico City to Durango, but I don't think I can go back to uh, to high school biology. Anyway, keep going. All right. So, there's this molecule that you were probably taught about called adenosine triphosphate or ATP. It's the energy molecule, and you're told that just about everything your body does needs ATP. And so that adenosine triphosphate breaks off phosphate bond, and all of a sudden you've got ADP or adenosine diphosphate. So you've got adenosine with three phosphates becomes adenosine with two phosphates, and as you continue using up energy, you break off more phosphates, so eventually all you're left with is adenosine, no more phosphate. Well, that adenosine is important because it tells the brain to do two things. The first is it says you're tired, you need to go to sleep because now you've been using up all this energy throughout the day. And it also tells your kidneys, stop making urine so that way you don't wet the bed while you're asleep. <laughs> nice brain. Okay, right? cool. So that's, that's what adenosine does. Caffeine looks a lot like adenosine. It blocks the receptors, but the brain never gets the message that it needs to be tired, and the kidneys never get the message that it needs to stop producing urine. So that's why when you drink coffee or you drink an energy drink and you get all that caffeine in there, you're more awake, not necessarily because caffeine makes you more awake. 
and more alert, but it tells the brain, I'm no longer tired. But you also have the problem of now you're going to the bathroom a lot more. And that's something yeah. that we've known since the 1860s of you can use caffeine to make people start urinating more. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So hang on. So if I'm understanding you correctly, Ryan, yeah. I drink a uh, just a little bit of coffee, just yeah. a tiny little bit of coffee. I got caffeine in my body. Now I drink five cups of water. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Well, well, so now you're... I don't think anyone has ever studied that of can I drink enough water to undo the effects of the caffeine on my kidneys and see if I can perform better or be better hydrated. Because the hydration index never looked at that. It looked at people drinking a solid liter of coffee and how much did they urinate afterwards. God, what if you have milk in your coffee? Oh, there you go. (laughs) That was not looked at, but that's an idea. Put milk in your coffee. Maybe you can undo the effect. And well, go what, back I, what, to a high... <laughs> what I love about the milk thing is that I think every villain in, in, in movies lately, like every killer, every bad person loves to drink glasses of milk. So I, I guess maybe that's come from there. Like there, there's a correlation there. But then, I mean, in a, in a way, what you're saying is that to prevent the hangover, if there's any link to hydration, then wish we should be drinking a glass of milk per a glass of mezcal. <laughs> So that's an idea. I don't know how many bars are gonna uh, gonna carry skim milk and say, "Here, drink this." You know, it, it, boy, it, you're so focused on the hangover, Chava. Oh, like yeah. for me, I can't remember the last time I had a hangover. For me, the, like I'm really curious about just how to ensure I'm always hydrated. Well, you know, I we, we were just on this trip uh, in Mexico. I can't remember if it was you or Zach who was suffering from dehydration and didn't even yeah. realize it. Yeah, and okay, so. You were also telling us, Ryan, that in case you are severely dehydrated, you can use other tools to get back to a, be- a better case. And considering that water is, uh, the index is one, you yeah. have better options. And I'm guessing that milk is not the one suggestion for sports people, for people like going up into mountains, <laughs> for people in extreme pro- poverty. I'm sure there's another option. Yeah, so there... The way that you get water into your body is that you need some kind of sodium already there. So sodium is going to pull water into your body from the gut. Well, the way that you get the sodium to go transport into the gut is that you also need glucose because you need some kind of sugar that's going to pull glucose and sodium together. And then wherever that sodium goes, water follows. And that's the whole idea behind sports drinks is Mm. you add a lot of sugar, you add a lot of salt. So the most basic version of that It comes from the World Health Organization, the WHO, and that has its oral rehydration solution. Yep. And so, Lou, I see you've got yours there. I got two, actually. I did two different versions. Okay. Were you supposed to ship me one? Because you know what I realized, Ryan, and this is very embarrassing? Yeah. I don't have sugar in my house. I don't believe that, Chava. I don't have sugar. I have. Do you have have honey? I, I do have honey. Is there glucose in honey, Ryan? I don't know. I don't know what the sweetener is in honey. Well, no, no, this is, this is 100% uh, natural honey from the deserts of Durango. But you're saying it has to specifically be glucose, Ryan, is right. that right? So you can't use fructose, like high fructose corn syrup that's found in Gatorade and Powerade is not going to cut it. So you need glucose, so just regular table sugar. And then and the way you do this, according to the World Health Organization, is you take a liter of water and you're going to dissolve six teaspoons of sugar and half a teaspoon of salt. And you give it a good shake, and that is your oral rehydration solution. 
Lou, drink it. Oh, so I just drink it. Chava. What? I just did the quick. Go- I wasn't listening at all to what Ryan said. Instead, I was what? googling for uh, you. Honey uh, contains forty percent fructose, thirty percent glucose. Okay, it will have worked. But anyways, we want you to drink this thing, Lou, and and okay. see. Does it taste good? Do you feel more hydrated? Are your eyes? I don't even know what that open? means. Like for me, hydration is measured in the color of my urine, right? <laughs> what? But- no, actually, that's not accurate, right, Ryan? So there are lots of things that go into the color of your urine. Yes, dehydration is one of them, but other things are going to be things like bilirubin. And if you have kidney problems, things like protein, or if you have blood in your urine. So there's lots that contribute to the color. <laughs> okay, that was not. All right, Lou, let's see how this tastes to you. Holy crap. What it, do you think? It tastes like Gatorade. It's delicious. So the first one, what I used was um, uh, confectioner's sugar and Malden's uh, uh, flake salt. Okay. Does that? Yeah, yeah. And that tastes delicious. And then the other one, I had this um, this uh, uh, weird sugar. It's a mint sugar that's been sitting in my uh, pantry for a long time. That also has organic peppermint powder in it. Um, so I thought, you know, let's let's see what that tastes like. Um, I, I, I I maybe I'm mitigating the amount of uh, of glucose well, that's in well, here in as a result. Well, just, you know, in, in a way, that's not a terrible idea, Lou, what you're doing. I, I know you're making it just to, Ooh. well, is, does it taste good? Oh, that's delicious. That's lovely. Well, oh. like may, maybe that's not a terrible idea for a bar. You know, if what you're saying, uh, Ryan, is that, of course, while drinking alcohol, you're going to be peeing more and you're going to have less chances to observe water. But if they were to give you uh, one liter of this homemade, beautifully tasting Gatorade at a bar, then maybe there's a chance that you're going to be able to absorb more water, even if you're peeing more. You know, you're like trying to counterbalance that. Yeah, Because maybe. milk is not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, so one of the worries of ethanol, particularly the higher proof spirits, is they can irritate the, the lining of your stomach. And so one of the thoughts is, does that irritation of the lining of your stomach cause problems with absorption of sodium and water? And sure, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. So what you're you're thinking about, Chava, is certainly a good idea, but it's never been tested. And so I don't see necessarily harm in it, but there may not be a benefit in it either. Well, I, mm. I used to work in a, well, I, I was I was part of a project in a very fancy restaurant for a little moment. And they did have natural gatorade that they made at the place, and it was tremendously popular. So I'm just thinking of that. It was it was bright blue. If you if you <laughs> nice. If you added some salt to your agua frescas, so, would that? I think because yeah, I mean you certainly have. I mean obviously fruit has fructose, but it also has glucose. So I wonder if like just a salty agua fresca would do the trick. I'm which, almost you know, sure there has to be one that has a little bit of salt. Yeah, like, like well, a, yeah. You, you just you make it yourself. Or, you add a little salt. A michelada? Are you talking about michelada? <laughs> <laughs> a michelada without there the beer, go. maybe without the beer, maybe without the beer. Well, we do that actually. We do uh, rusas. We do agua mineral preparada. So that's a rather common thing that you have in restaurants in Mexico. So if you don't want to drink a beer and you want to feel like you're drinking something of your hangover, you will have for sparkling water with lemon and salt. Which you know, it's uh, I know it's an imperfect formula, Ryan, and you're uh, but but it's closer, no? Sure. I mean, you're only adding half a teaspoon of salt to a liter of water, so there's not that much salt in there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's not absolutely critical. So, Lou, any other questions? So we have uh, 
dissipated a lot of the myths that you have about how to get hydrated. Do you have any follow-up on that direction? I, 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 I don't. I, I feel like, I feel like it, it's explained to me, um, but I also feel kind of defeated. Why? Well, because I really thought that, uh, okay, I was being good, drinking a lot of water on these trips, staying hydrated. And I, you know, and clearly I like, I'm in better shape than, uh, than a lot of the people who come with me who don't drink water, hey. Chava. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to me that like, okay, how do I work through the alcohol and the caffeine that's in my system uh, sufficiently that then I am still, I'm back to hydrating again. Cause I thought I could just force, you know, Force the water while I'm drinking alcohol, while I'm drinking caffeine, and it would be fine. No, no, no. But I think the most selling question we have not asked, and I don't know why we've been this silly until now, is, so, you know, Ryan, we see a lot of things on the internet when not, like, drink three liters of uh, water a day so you're properly hydrated. Drink three liters? Yeah, or two liters. What are you, like a baby? Three (laughs) liters might serve a baby. No, but that that is actually my, my question, Ryan, because I went through an article that actually said that we humans have evolved to be really good at knowing how much water do we need and that yeah. it changes person by person. So that saying that, hey, two liters, it's the golden standard for how much water you need to drink is not accurate at all. Lou, Lou, wait. You're making faces, but let Ryan. I was just <laughs> shaking my head. I was waiting for Ryan to <laughs> respond, but two liters, no, no. So, yeah, growing up, I always used to hear eight glasses of water a day. That's that's what I, the number I used to hear. And there's no real truth to that at all. It's really, if you feel thirsty, you should drink water or drink something. So that's, that's really, yeah, child, like you said, like we're adapted to know when we're thirsty. So if you, if you feel dehydrated, you, you might have some, or if you feel thirsty, you should drink more water. I mean, that's really all there is to it. I, I got I think that is too, with, with all due respect, doctor, I think that's too simple. <laughs> you know, I, I literally don't recall drinking water um, until I passed kidney stones in my early 20s, which was the sign to me, like, I forget about dehydration. It was this, That was the sign to me that I needed to drink water. But it's there's a diff, that's a different thing, Lou, the not drinking water. <laughs> no, it can no, be, no, no, but no, no, in no, my no, case, no. it was not. No, well, it's uh, kidney stones is literally accumulation of salts uh, in, 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 in your in your system. So that doesn't necessarily is correlated with the consumption of water, right, Ryan? Or, well, or so, so there are different types of kidney stones, the main one being made out of calcium. And one of the first things a yeah. urologist is going to recommend to you is to drink more water. The idea is that maybe you can flush your kidneys. And so if you're accumulating that calcium, you can start flushing small amounts of calcium as opposed to it building up into a stone. But there are other things that you can't control. So for example, genetics would be a big one. I, the youngest person with a kidney stone I've ever seen was a 10-year-old. And I doubt it was because of dehydration for him. It was every member of his family had had kidney stones when they were younger, and that's just part of him. Another one is taking a lot of excess vitamin D or excess calcium. So, you know, vitamin D is something that gets thrown onto people saying it's going to prevent osteoporosis, and there's, there's really no evidence that it does any of that. And But if you take a whole bunch of vitamin D, you're going to put yourself at risk for a kidney stone. And the last one is sunlight. So here in the southern United States where I live, we see more kidney stones than the north. And I bet a lot of that has to do with people spending more time outside because of the warmer weather. And as a result, they're more exposure to sunlight, which is going to cause them to absorb more vitamin D, which is going to cause them to go and get kidney stones. 
Well, and then you've got this kid who grew up in the suburbs of Chicago who didn't take any kind of vitamin D supplements, <laughs> who didn't have any genetic predisposition to kidney stones, who started popping out comets at the age of 23 um, uh, and, and didn't stop for three years until I finally caught up with the hydration and started drinking somewhere between a gallon to two gallons of water a day. Two gallons? Of, okay, that's, that's too much. Hey, okay, well, you know what? I, I, I think that like we're not gonna get a conclusion to that, uh, but two gallons in my world is 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 a little bit uh, of an excess. Yeah, says the guy who hasn't had a comet come through his penis. <laughs> so, I will say, no one should start drinking that much water immediately because if you're not used to drinking water and you go out and drink two gallons of water immediately, you're going to drop your body's sodium levels and you might feel quite sick. And there are case reports of a few people even dying mm -hmm. from sure. seeing how much water they can drink all at once. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm not advocating for everybody to drink two gallons. I am advocating for when you didn't drink water, catching up with it. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And always, always making sure you've got electrolytes if you try to do that. Sure. So if there's some kind of glucose and a little bit of sodium added to it, that's the best bet. Okay. But but I think, you know, if there is a conclusion to this, I think the conclusion is stay hydrated, people. And if that <laughs> means just drinking a bunch of milk before you head out for uh, for for drinks, cool. Uh, if that means drinking uh, more water before you drink your your coffee, cool. If that means doing what the, the was it the World Health Organization, Ryan? Yep. Yeah says uh, that's great, and if you use a mint sugar instead of a confectioner's sugar, it'll be more delicious. But just stay hydrated, people, and Amen. don't expect that the booze is going to do it for you. Yes. Okay. I, I'm happy to, to, to vouch for that. Cool. Anything else to add, Ryan? <laughs> nope. I think that's a good note to end on. Okay. Hasta okay. pronto. Adios, adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the 
shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.